Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
Collaboration with us and passports to Jumadiate and Chirinta. Here to the Dialogue for Society series are Fidian Obrel, way a third edition. As and passports capacity building to Madienu and a fee, Yadian Tumabor of a Smith Law Group with Diano de Brel. Seminar Yasem Jedaswa. Potokasem, yes, the law and business of football. What players, clubs, and stakeholders must know. Yet the Anibasha footballers contract. Nefifa compensation wants a role of player agents. Retirement as a sportsman. The officials from the GFA. Ministry of Youth and Sports, PFAG, Kaka, current and retired football.
footballers, Ghana Premier League, New Women Premier League reps, FIFA accredited player agents, football fans, and your Mwakika ACFS and Basso Farmers Day, 1st December, Oh, Mevin Pick Ambassador Hotel, Accra, 9 a.m. And the customer say, free to my JBL Live, and was 94.7 FM. So now you power it by some passports. Malaysia. The first of December, Robert Smith Law Group in collaboration with Asam Passports to Jumadiet in Chirincha. Here to the Dean Law for Society series at Fiediano Brel, way at third edition. Asam Passports capacity building Jumadienu and a fee, Yadian Tumabo Robert Smith Law Group with Diano de Brel. Seminar Yasem Jedaswa. Potokasem, you say the law and business of football. What players, clubs, and stakeholders must know. Yet the Anibesha footballers contract. Nephi for compensation.
This is the third edition of the Law for Society Public Seminar by the Robert Smith Law Group and Asempa 94.7 FM. Break over, please. The ultimate sports show. 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 First of December 2023, your ultimate sports station at 94.7 FM, the capacity building for Floor Brown. First edition, no get the GPA clubs, I won't do for Nafi, Robert Smith Law Group, and the Yaya Kabum Deba. Dash up the law and business of football. What players and clubs must know? Jenny club owners, club administrators, football agents, coaches, amateur and professional footballers, sports journalists, supporters, groups, no more. Yes, you Break over, please. On the first of December, twenty twenty-three, your sports station at seven ninety-four point seven FM. The ultimate sports show. First edition. No, get the GPA clubs. I want to run for branding. Nafi, Robert Smith Law Group, and the Yaya Kabum Deba. Assembly dash up the law and business of football. What players and clubs must know? Jenny club owners, club administrators, football agents, coaches, amateur and professional footballers, sports journalists, supporters, groups. No more. Get one. Yes, the 
31st of December, Robert Smith Law Group in collaboration with Asam Passports, the Jumadiate in Chilincha, here to the Dean Law for Society Series, a Fidiano Brew, a Asam Passports Capacity Building, Jumadiano, and a Fee, Yadian Tumabo, Robert Smith Law Group, Diano de Brew, Samina Yasem Jedaswa, Potokasem, Yasede Law, and Business of Football, World Players, Clubs and Stakeholders must know, Yadiani Bachelor Footballers Contract, Nefifa Compensation, Honsem, Role of Player Agents, Retirement as a Sportsman, and Jenny officials from the GFA, Ministry of Youth and Sports, PFAG, Kaka, current and retired footballers, Ghana Premier League, New Women Premier League reps, FIFA accredited player agents, football fans, and your Mwakika and Basel Farmers Day, 1st December, Oh, Melvin Pick Ambassador Hotel, Accra, 9 a.m. And the Kasamne say, a free to my Bear Live, and was 94.7 FM. So now you powered by some passports. On the 1st of December 2023, your ultimate sports station has 94.7 FM. The city builders are so proud. First edition, no, the GPA clubs are all Robert Smith Law Group, and the Yaya Kabum Deba. The law and business of football. What players and clubs must know? Jenny club owners, club administrators, football agents, coaches, amateur and professional footballers, sports journalists, supporters groups. No more. The first session of today's seminar is about to begin. Uh, we have the first session that is in A. We're going to have Paul Mensa. Uh, as the Kabina moderator, Mensa. Yeah, Mensa as the moderator for the first section, and then Mr. Terry Aidan, uh, CEO of Lagos Cities, Mr. Nicholas Jacksfield Jugsitz is going to be on Zoom, and then uh, Gifty Wari Mensa is also from the Ghana Football Association, and then. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Gifty Owari Mensa, and then uh, I think they are set already. So we are going to hand over the microphone over to them. But my colleague Mastro is here uh, for the past thirty minutes. He's also been here. So Mastro, brief remark. Very well. Thank you very much, um, distinguished ladies and gentlemen. It's time for us to kickstart the whole program as our moderator and the panel. Are almost ready and set, and of course they are going to throw more light on a lot of issues. So sit back and then uh, relax and enjoy insightful exploration of the legal landscape governing the Ghana football players and their movement and the business around it. So we'll hand over the microphone to the moderator, but just be notified that we are live on Asempa ninety-four point seven, and so. If you are listening to us from wherever and you have any other questions to uh, throw them in, throw them in so that we can read them for our guests to get the answers for you as you listen. So enjoy. We hand you over to our moderator. Okay, so uh, Mr. Kwabna Frimpon Mensa is going to be our moderator for the first session. It's going to be 30 minutes and uh, we'll hand over to them and then... Mm. Uh, the so you see Valas and Chipsa is seated... 
he played a couple of games here or teams here in uh, Ghana. In fact, I was fortunate I played with King Faisal with him back in the days. He played Kumasi Asante Koroko. I was called the maestro, and he is no. <laughs> of course. And he captained the national under 20 side. He played for the senior national team. He played, he trade outside the country, and now a FIFA intermediary with a lot of expertise today. He is seated. Moderator, okay, carry on. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. We'd like to thank you all for attending this program with us. We are hopeful that the discussions we make today will be very insightful and be to the development of football in Ghana. So without much ado, I'd like to introduce my panel. We have a very distinguished panel with various key industry players who hold very various hats within the footballing sector. I'd like to start from my, my far left, Mr. Terry Aiden the CEO of Legon City's Football Club. He was responsible for all the change from WA All-Stars to its current form, the branding, the marketing, and all the things you saw were a product of Mr. Aiden's genius. In the middle is Mrs. Gifty Owari Mensa. She is, amongst others, the owner of two female football clubs, Berry Ladies Football Club and Kumasa Sports Academy. She is also the Vice President and Co-Owner of Brecum Chelsea, a male football club, and also an executive member of the Ghana Football Association. She has various degrees from various universities, including Liverpool, Hope Moore, the KNUST, and the University of South Africa. To my immediate left is Mr. Yusuf Chipsa, a former footballer, Black Stars player, under 20 player, and local footballing hero. He is currently the head of player relations of the PFAG and a licensed football intermediary. I'd also like to thank Mr. Chipsa especially because he landed in Ghana from Doha about an hour ago, but is still here with us. Thank you all for coming. If you could give them a round of applause, please. On Zoom, we have Mr. Nikola Yurich Jägenfield. He is the owner sorry he's the owner of scandinavian sports management a football management and scouting consultancy thank you for joining us mr jagerfield so i'd like to start with mr jagerfield oh, sorry i'd like to start with my panelists here i'll start with the club owner not you mrs Owari. mr aiden as a CEO of a footballing club, what are some of the things or the expectations you have in relation to player contracts when you are signing players on and how you expect them to fulfill these obligations as stated in their contracts? try to look at from the players is the tenure. That's very key. If the tenure then determines what economic value you then put on. And then in most cases, 
beyond the tenure, the age comes in. The age of the player really shapes up how your negotiations will go. So if you have these two things cleared, then you look forward to more or less what will make him deliver is about the physical, the health. So no matter whatever negotiation you have with the player, if the health bill doesn't pass through, everything crumbles. So I mean, generally in the natural, that's what, before you come to the details about remuneration, and then you come to bonuses, but those ones are more in the framework of the club, because if you go sign a player, and there's a general basis for bonus for every player, it applies to. But when the player is more of a special player, there are certain kind of bonuses which is more of individual. Those are more of the details. And those things, if you don't manage it well, it could then backfire on you. So, I mean, per your question and introduction, that's, that's what we look at from. Mrs. Owaimenta, do you have anything to add to it? is quite different because you know when your league is also seen as an amateur league player contracting is quite different from the whole process so the process that every man goes through when you're supposed to sign a professional player is different from when you're signing an amateur player because you could sign an amateur player but if the player is needed somewhere else then you would have to hustle the player to go for free so you may have a contract with me but I may end up terminating the contract at any point in time if I'm, I'm an amateur. And I play in an amateur, amateur league. So it's, it's, it's quite different. But like Terry said, the basic things are what we are supposed to look at when we are signing. And for the women, one of the things you are also supposed to do is sometimes just as health is part of it, it becomes more segregated because you're also supposed to check if you are pregnant or not. And then pregnancy is by nature. So if I'm a married woman and you are signing me as a footballer, you're also still supposed to check on not just my health, but also my status, which becomes against the woman than for the club, because every club would want to have someone who is not giving birth. But in Ghana, we have very beautiful case studies where some of our girls are still under contract. But then among us owners of clubs, we are able to still allow them, they still produce, and come back to play. So these arrangements also come in. When we are so ours is not cut in stone when it comes to the woman, the women's league, and then a woman playing in Ghana. Okay, thank you very much. My next question will go to the former player, Mr. Chipsa, who is now a, a licensed intermediary. So he will have diverse experience as a player who was a party to the contract and now as the agent who is actually leading the contract negotiations. What are some of the things you would want players, especially the young ones, to be mindful of in whatever contracts they are entering into? You can call on past experiences, and what is the current trend with relation to player contracts? Thank you very much, and good morning to you all. Mm -hmm. um, to, to answer your question, I think first of all, an agent is supposed to, to act in the best interest of a player. And if you are representing a player, 
then there's a huge responsibility could, on you. If you could speak up a bit. I think. Yeah, if you are representing a player, there's a huge responsibility on you to make sure that um, you carry out your, your responsibilities to the best interest of that player. You need to look at the situation here. If the player is a minor or not a minor, because there are rules and regulations governing every, every um, class of player. And if the player is a minor, um, he can only sign a professional contract when he's 18. And when he's 16, between 16 and 18, he can sign a first uh, professional contract. Um, or when he's um, six months to, to be 16 years old, he can sign a professional contract. But then you should bear in mind that you have to consider certain factors. At that age, money is important, but that shouldn't be the priority. The career of the player is more important. And when, an, when a player chooses you as his agent, he has entrusted his whole career into your hands. And therefore, it is your responsibility to make sure you give him the best sporting advice as to let's go this way, let's go that way, let's not go here, let's go there. Before you, you, you sign a player to a club, you should also look at the ambitions of the club. Uh, is that club a club that develops young players or young talents? There are certain clubs that when you transfer a young player there, it's a waste of time because they don't have time for young players. They are not developers. They don't develop. So therefore, you are not going to add, they are not going to add any value to the player. But there are certain clubs that have the track record that they develop and they sell. So you need to consider all these factors when you are representing a minor. When you are representing um, an adult, it's quite different. You also need to sit with the player, discuss with him to know what is the goal. Are we looking at money or are we looking at career? Or we want to combine both. This should influence your choice of decision that you make. So if you have a player where there are two, three clubs interested in the player, you need to consider all these factors. If it's about money, then you forget about wherever you want to play. But if it's not about money alone and there is career involved, you need to look at certain areas and then just cross them out. For now, I think this is what I can. I okay. Can so, so without without taking, thank you for your submission, but. As an agent, then the question comes in line with our topic. What is the role of lawyers in negotiating these, um, these contracts for the player? After the agent has done his work, looked at the, either the career choice or the money choice, what role then does the lawyer play in helping? And what are the things you, you would expect a lawyer who is acting for a player to be looking out for? Um, usually, um, the agents do the negotiations, the terms and the conditions of, of the contract, the, the salary, the duration, and uh, the bonuses and, and, and other stops. So the lawyers take care of the documentations to make sure that the, the contract is well constructed. The lawyers make sure that um, the, the contract is well uh, constructed all the terms and conditions that the agent has negotiated are captured in the contract. Uh, you make sure um, the bio data of the player is correct, uh, the spelling of his name, uh, his date of birth, the duration of the contract, um, the clauses. The clauses. Uh, there are certain clauses that you should never leave out of your contract. Uh, the jurisdiction, 
and the dispute resolution procedure, all these things are very, very important uh, clauses that you can never leave out of your contract because, I mean, you never know if there is any dispute between the player and the club. So the lawyer is responsible to make sure that the contract is signed according to the terms and conditions that the agent has already negotiated. Thank you very much. My next set of questions will go to Mrs. Owaremesa. Since you are an executive member of GFA, pardon me if we go a bit into that role when it comes to player relations. Now, the GFA has a disciplinary code with respect to player and club infractions. To what extent are players allowed to be represented by counsel in such hearings or whenever there's a disciplinary action? And if there isn't, what steps are being taken to ensure that every person who has such a, every player who has such a dispute is given the fair opportunity and a fair hearing? Right, Kobna, <clears throat> we have the disciplinary committee, we have the ethics committee, we have the appeals committee, we also have the player status committee. So for GFA, our process commences right from when you are registering. Because if, when club licensing starts, the clubs are supposed to also bring as part of their documentations who the club lawyer is. So all clubs, whether it's just on paper or whether it, there is an agreement between them and the lawyer, I, I, I always say it, it must be, I think the onus is on first on the lawyer because the lawyer have an ethic to hold to. So the lawyer must make sure that genuinely the club really had seeked the consent of the lawyer. And then for me signing for you as the lawyer of your club, I understand what really I am doing because you lawyers are supposed to be the ones rather acting as our doctors when it comes to these things. So right from that onset, we have a lawyer saying that I am the one who represents the club. So when there is an issue with the club and the player, there is a lawyer who is supposed to first be a mediator of this process before some players will want to go on free agent and other things. So they will write officially to GFA and ask this. Like I said, there is a player status committee, there is a disciplinary committee, there is an ethics committee, and then an appeals committee to help players to also still, if you don't still understand whatever that is happening. We have many cases that keep coming. You know, laws are not just made and cast in stones. Every time there are things that come and you realize that your law might have not taken care of it, so you have to. But then GFA is still under the constitution of Ghana. So in that constitution, as the lawyers say in that Article 19, which gives us fair hearing. Every human being has fair hearing. So at GFA, there is no, there is nothing like the legal aid, which says that, okay, if I, I have an issue with my club, can GFA give me a lawyer? No, we don't have anything like that. Rather, there are lawyers who are associated with the club and also lawyers who are associated with GFA who may want to give you that kind of services if you need them. But we do not practice the legal aid kind of process. The lawyers are rather for the clubs. And some players also have their own lawyers, like Chipsa was saying, their agents, some agents are even lawyers, who also come with them. But at any time GFA is writing anything to you, when it's supposed to be either disciplinary, any issue between dispute and anything, it is written in the plain that you must be represented by a council and someone who understands the football laws. So 
I'm glad you mentioned the appeals committee. Yes. The, the, the opportunity to appeal a decision you are dissatisfied with. Now, per the disciplinary code, when the appeal committee within 14 days of being notified mm. has heard your dispute and has made a decision on it, there isn't, well, so far, there isn't further recourse to an appeal. Does that mean with respect to the player status and whichever dispute, it terminates? Or is it that using, the, I mean, this is using the loyalty hat, that where you're dissatisfied with a decision of a lower adjudicating body or a body performing administrative functions, then your recourse is to the courts yes. by either way of judicial review or any other known means of the court. It's not a position as it stands now. Yes, it's, t- it's still the same. So, so right after the appeals, most people would want to try the open court to see if that is where their issues can be addressed properly. But I, I believe most of the time we've been able to get to that point where both parties have agreed on something. And I always keep telling club owners that in as much as we, we are the ones who sign contracts, I know he would disagree, but we are always the ones who rather find ourselves wanting when the termination period comes. Because we hardly, you would hardly hear a club is terminating. It's mostly players who would want to find greener pastures and find other better environment to go and operate. So players would go and I have always had the opinion that sometimes it's so unfair when clubs are called and they will tell you oh the player is saying that due to A, B, C, D the player would want to go on a free agent and then you, you, you look at the contract again for the sake of sometimes the player's progression, the player coming back to play for Ghana, the player doing this, doing that, you want to let go. So we as club owners, though I'm part of us, we still end up losing money. But it, it, it is what it is. And I feel our country's football processes are now, the ecosystem is now growing. So it's not that point where you can say that I want to even sometimes you players and then get all the information you need to get to. So most of the clubs would let it go. But then I don't think it's the same. Both club and the player has the right to take it to court and then see more address and maybe if anybody tries it become a better case study for all of us at GFE going forward. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Um I just want to add something to what she said. I think if you look at the uh, FIFA RSTP, um we every member association is also expected to have their own domestic RSTP here, but it should be in conformity to what FIFA uh, uh, has over there. If you look at um, the maintenance of contractual stability, Article 13 to 18 of the RSTP, it states all the procedures in cases like this. So the Bosman rule applies? It depends. It depends on on the case. So the the procedures are are laid down. And here in Ghana, we have the PFAG. I mean, that is why we are there. Uh, Our doors are open for every player to work in when they need help, legal uh, help or, or anything, we are there to help. But the procedures are there. When there's an appeal and you are not satisfied with the appeal, I mean, mostly people will go to CAS since it's the Court of Arbitration for Sports. But, you know, it's expensive to go to CAS. Not everybody can afford to go to CAS. And moreover, FIFA have the jurisdiction when the case has an international dimension. But when it's a domestic case, it is expected that everything should be resolved here. 
Uh, I think uh, Chairman is here. Galka and PFAG for some time now have been engaging. We are pushing to make sure we, we have some documentations uh, uh, table down in order to make these cases easier. We don't always have to go to the player status committee or, or the appeals committee in order to, to lay out our, our cases over, over there. So this is something that we've been working on together with the GFA and we hope, we hope that one day we'll be able to get this uh, um, uh, document signed so that we'll have a lay down procedure. When you have that in, 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 your, in your laws, then that takes uh, a precedent over, over what FIFA says. I mean, if there is an agreement between uh, association of employers and association of employees, attention is always given to that first uh, ahead of what, what FIFA is saying. So I think going forward, we should pay attention to this. The FA, Galka, and the PFAG should work very hard in making this document a reality. Thank you. So I would like at this moment to call on Mr. Nicola Yogech Yagafield, who is joining us via Zoom. He is the CEO of Scandinavian Management. He would give us some insights on player contracts and player negotiations. And so if we could have him on right now. Hello. Whilst Mr. Jokic is joining us, Mr. Kujofiano, since we have you here and, and your name has been thrown into the mix, we would like to know if you have anything to add, especially giving... Oh, okay, so Mr. Jokic is here, so we'll, we'll come back to you. <laughs> okay, so while whilst that is being insulted, Mr. Fiano, it doesn't look like the bell came to your head at the <laughs> Thank, thank you very much. Uh, just to
agents and lawyers and club owners as well. Um, I'll briefly summarize a little bit of it. I mean, of course, football is unique. Football is, is the same everywhere and uh, passion, love for the sport, of course. Um, unfortunately, I didn't hear all of the seminar up till yeah, 10 minutes ago because of the line was not so good. But uh, the, the, the brief things that I heard was that uh, it was uh, a gold mine and there's a lot of talent, uh, which I must admit is absolutely true. And of course, uh, they are implemented some new rules uh, concerning agents and, and the behavior of, of agents and the role of agents uh, actually from the 1st of October, where uh, all licensed FIFA licensed agents must pass examination before they can act on behalf of a club or a player. Um, I hope that you can hear me. Yes, we can. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. I hear you. Oh, good. Can I continue? Yes, you can. Everyone. Yeah, good. Um, of course... Agent is not uh, an agent. Is 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 wisely uh, has to be has to be uh, taken wisely from from the youngsters or, or footballers when when they want to approach an agent or the other way around as well, and also the clubs. And if we look at agents abroad, especially Europe, I mean, many of them who has a license have also good connections and a good networking and of course achieved a lot of things but it is ideal and very important for the club or for the, the players in general to pick the right person that will lead and guide his career and and also help him out sort any despite the disputes that may arise upon his career that can happen unfortunately and also by the side uh, it's not, I mean, being an agent is not just a player's agent represent. It's also in negotiations. It's also a broader perspective of, of other things uh, happening outside the pitch that agents are helping many of the players with. With, of course, in cooperation uh, with the clubs and everything else. So it's also a relationship builder or networking builder, as I call it. Uh, and Agents do have the pulse um, on what is happening and and gets a lot of information from uh, the network when needed and can easily adapt into the situation. But a player, when, when he approaches an, an agent or the other way around, of course, they have to be aware of that it's not something that just happens. I mean... Um, everybody today, and especially here in Europe, are looking at statistics. Statistically, even though they're youngsters, unfortunately, they are look, looking at statistics, the scouting programs, video, video material, and so on and so on. So out of this, it's not just being a raw talent. There is also many other things besides being a talent and a good football player that can help the player become what he's... Uh, his aim, of course. Every player has a dream of becoming a professional footballer. But if we look at, and to be honest, if we look at the narrow uh, possibility of becoming a footballer, it's 1.6% out of 100 that becomes 
a player in, inside Europe. That means only Denmark, for instance, you have a lot of players, but it's only 1.6% that goes with, into the keyhole and can achieve becoming a, a good football player. But what what an Asian also is, is doing is helping them out and, and putting out the mindset of being a professional footballer, which you already uh, know of. Um, but it is, without a doubt, 30% only negotiations and 70% is helping the youngsters deliver on the pitch and, and helping them out um, uh, on, on all matters concerning eventual uh, uh, normal life outside the football as well. And here comes also the law firms and accountants uh, firms. So there had to be aware of that being a footballer is not ju just kicking a ball around for 90 minutes or training, but it's also many other things beside of this uh, nice uh, future for, for the youngsters. Of course, when we have the lawyers, and look at the, the, the lawyers, what they can help with, of course, um, they're especially attorneys. Can you know? Yes, we can hear you. Hello, we can hear you, Nicola. Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Good. Uh, concerning lawyers, of course, they are specialist sports attorneys, but uh, they provide the, 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 the legal guidance throughout the contract negotiations. But of course, if there are any disputes, it's either local or, or in the, the local FA or UEFA or FIFA or CAS at the end, unfortunately. But it is a. a, 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 a Enforcement of, of involving a lot of parties, multiple parties, each with a different role and, uh, and responsibilities for, for, for the player or the club. And of course, every club wants to get uh, their, their, their payoff. The player as well, he wants to get a salary. And all the people in between here on the, the agent and the lawyers are providing both the player and the clubs with these benefits. So, I mean, what I can tell is that it's like also running a normal business. Of course, you have to see what is what is uh, the budget for the club. You have to see what is what is the aim of the player, um, and what is mostly important before the player takes the right choice of an agent and helping. Uh, these players abroad is the clubs that are provided for him are, develop, are they developing clubs selling clubs or are they just clubs where they are uh, part of a number and most of if we look at for instance uh, a country where I come from here in Denmark I mean we are at the, Denmark is a selling country we have seen it uh, we, you, you have a club here which uh, have an academy in, in Ghana um, if we also look at, at a small country like Croatia, three and a half million people out of uh, six World Cups, three World Cup medals, what are they doing besides football and, and in football to achieve these things? And if we look at one club or two clubs especially, 
Dinamo Zagreb, for instance, have been selling players for the last 10 years of enormous money. The last one is actually one of the second defenders was sold to um, Man City for 82 million euros. And, of course, Dinamo Zagreb sold to Leipzig for 20 something plus. But they had an add on clause. That means that they got a percentage of the next song, which was accumulated for 82 million. Not to mention that buying clauses are very important, and especially in developing countries, because this is where the bonus is. Also for the clubs, selling clubs, and so on. I mean, you can see it easily, and of course there was one gentleman before, just that's what I heard, that, uh, that said that it is a gold mine, and of course it is a gold mine that you have here if you have the right people helping and uh, the right mindset as well, and not rushing things too fast, but have the awareness and, and, and also the possibility of working with the youngsters properly, which is very important for their future success. They should be educated when they come and also know what is awaiting them when they come to, for instance, Europe or wherever they, they, they may go. So all of these summaries is very important for, to create a footballer's future career. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Hello, Nicola. Hello. Yes, I, I have a, a few question, ba questions based on what you just said. So my first question, if you can hear me, would be how often do some of these player contracts have compensation clauses for the teams that actually train them before they reach the levels they are, before they were able to sign their first professional contract as players. Uh, there's the, always the example of Messi's contract and all what he had with new all old boys so that with every sale or every bonus he made, a certain percentage... Okay. I mean, if we, if we go over the slides that are made here, I mean, you can see easily that, that it's a brief... Uh, brief summary of, of what the special responsibilities are and of course an agent he represents the player or he can represent a, a club in contract negotiations with a club or uh, for a club between two clubs um, the work is to secure the best possible terms for the client if it, it's a club of course to, to get the biggest uh, transfer fee or um, if it, it's a uh, the player, then it's uh, the best salary. And, of course, he has to have some kind of knowledge of the sports industry that he's in, and, of course, as well, um, have the knowledge and the license to to maintain and to help uh, both the club and, and his client, if it's a player, of course. Um, it's very important to have the expertise as an agent, the knowledge about both local laws, and, and uh, world rules and FIFA rules and, and many other things among all. Um, 
and especially in in these markets when it's a, a dynamic and every I mean it's changing every single minute, um, and you have to know market trends how they are, and especially I mean when you when when there are many countries as there are in Europe, for instance, uh, you have to know the the, the capability of the player if he's for Scandinavian football, if he's for middle. Central European football is for South European football, and you have to know the capabilities of the player and where he can go and create his future career and be objective uh, on it as well. Oh, thank you. Of course, the relationship, the relationship is is networking, and agent often uh, use the network also to promote players. Uh, many clubs today in Europe they use agents. I have their house agents uh, that that they uh, that they use because they trust them and know that they always get the proper quality of the agent and of the players, of course, as well. Um, and this is actually very important to know for a player or for a club abroad which agent to choose. Um, concerning club owners and management. I mean, of course, the, the, the club owners, they, they manage their own club and, and negotiate on, on their own behalf. But usually many clubs, uh, we can see here in Europe, for instance, that clubs have connections with agents which are well known um, and use them as, as a guideline and also as a consultant of bringing in players in maybe several situations where they are less known agents or less known clubs where, where they don't know uh, which expertise they have in front of them. So it's a, it's a bright sum of many roles and crucial roles in this process and it's just not something that happens all the day and of course you have to invest in the youngsters and, and you can see many of the clubs which don't invest in uh, or have academies or they have an academy but have not in invested severely in the academy we can see also in Europe that that without a strong academy and without a strong youth there is no club so it is very important that you get it right from from the beginning from the core soul and without youngsters, without academies there is uh, no future in football Thank you, thank you Nicola, can you hear me? Thank you Great now, there was a question on the relevance of compensation clauses for the academies or the teams that trained players before they were transferred. Is that a common feature in player contracts now? I couldn't hear it because it's, it's very, uh, the, the sound is not, is not good. So it's like a digital sound. Okay, can you please repeat the question? Okay, then I'd have it put in the chat box, but I'd have someone from here answered um yeah um from what you are saying i think there is already a provision in the uh, fifa rstp um i think article 20 and 21 uh, that talks about training compensation and solidarity uh, this covers uh, those who help in developing players from the grassroots from the age of 12 until the age of 21 and 23. So there is a mechanism where the, there is amount of money 
allocated for these clubs. Let's say you train up a player from the age of 12 uh, until he was 17 or 18 and then he joins a Division 1 club or a Premier League club and later on he's transferred abroad. Per uh, the solidarity mechanism, there is a, a procedure where 5% of the transfer fee is kept by the releasing club. If I say the releasing club, I mean the selling club. Is kept by the releasing club, and that amount of money is expected to share for all clubs that have contributed to the training and development of, of that particular player. And when we talk about the the um, training compensation, uh, it's also an amount allocated. It is determined by the the MEs, the member associations. When you come to Ghana here, our clubs have been categorized. We have category A club, category B club, C club. And there are amounts allocated to, to these categories of club. So if you fall within, let's say, a credit police transfers a player to um, North Finland or Stonegrass or Slavon Belipo. So Akradit Olympus, of course, is a Premier League club here. It's a Category A club. And then you look at the category of that engaging club, then you strike the difference. There is an amount of money allocated. I think the list is 30,000 euros when it's an European club. Ghana here, I don't know how much the FA has, it should be in, in, in our statutes here. So you look at that, and that the amount of money accumulatively is given to, is given to, yeah, that is a solidarity, training competition solidarity. If you go to the RSTP, Article 20 and 21, you find it there. But aside that, clubs do also have their sell-on percentages when they negotiate transfers with foreign clubs. That is up to you and the club both the engaging and the releasing club. Our part of the world here, you see, when you define an agent, um, an agent per the um, FIFA football agent regulations, it's a natural person who is licensed by FIFA to perform football agent services. In every transfer, we have three representatives. Ghana here, when we talk about agent, the common knowledge here is an agent represents a player. But in Europe, clubs are making very good use of agents. Every club has an agent that works. I think Nicola mentioned it in his, in his presentation. This is something that we don't do here, and we are missing out a lot on values because it is the duty of the agent. The agent knows a lot. He knows clubs that can sell. He knows clubs that cannot sell. He knows clubs that can develop and those that cannot develop. I'll give you a scenario. If, for me, as an agent... A club can offer me maybe $100,000 for a player and a sum of 10%. I might reject that and offer the player for free and the 20% sell-on. Why? Because maybe I know the club I'm offering the player to for free and the 20% sell-on can sell for millions of euros. But the one giving me 100000 cannot sell. The player at the end of the day, if he goes there and signs a three-year contract with that, that club and he's not being sold after that three years, your selling that you have is off. You've lost out. You understand? So you need to have a representative who understands the dynamics of transfers. We shouldn't always think agents represent players. Agents represent clubs as well. In every transfer, there are three representatives, as I said. A rep of the selling club or the releasing club, a rep of the player, and a rep of the engaging club or the buying club. But the FIFA regulations, the new ones, an agent is permitted to represent a player and the engaging club. 
but you cannot represent the player and the releasing club. Why? Because there will be conflict of interest. If you control those two forces, you will be able to take advantage of that and then ask for outrageous sums of money. And FIFA doesn't encourage conflicts of interest. And so, therefore, the engaging club, you can represent and represent the player at the same time in one transaction. Otherwise, there can be as much as three agents in a transfer. The selling club, the buying club, and the player. So, club owners in our part of the world here, Ghana, let's start making good use of agents. Good agents who understand the job. They will help you realize your value. So, the next is to the club owners. Can I just continue if it's possible? I just okay, have a small point. Yes, Nicola, you can go on. Yes, thank you. I mean, um, yes, correctly. Uh, there is a, there is the, there is possibilities for 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 clubs in in, in Ghana and academies for uh, in, in Ghana. But what, what I would suggest was making trying to make collaborations with clubs abroad. Not only can you consistently get get the opportunity to to get some experience also from coaches up here, um, but you can also get uh, a knowledge knowledge of, of how it how it works when some of the youngsters are coming here and how how the youngsters and how the coaches are working with youngsters up here. So it could be a beneficial possibility for many clubs and many academies abroad making some sort of collaboration agreement or collaboration like collaboration between segments of clubs in Europe and so on. And of course the importance of agent as, as the gentleman he, he, he spoke uh, is absolutely correct. The, the importance is very very huge and by the new rules and with the new rules I mean of course FIFA has strengthened the, the possibilities of uh, not using the proper service for players and clubs as well. All right. Thank you, Nicola. So, yeah. All right. For, for most of club owners, I see Mr. Baden agreeing with that. I have been with agents. And you see, there are procedures towards getting a player, even under your agents. But most agents in Ghana decide to start you know, we live in a country where most of us would want to travel. So most of these players, they're not even looking at the... The players don't often even look at where they are going to play, but they are, the whole idea that you are taking them abroad to just put them in a club to them gives them hope. So a lot of people are taking advantage of this. There is no procedure in the conversation. Before you know, a club that might have signed a contract with a player ends up losing the player because one person is sitting somewhere, the person comes and says, I am his or her agent. And because there is no formal relationship, so for most of us women clubs, now what we are doing is when we are signing people on, we try to make you declare who your agent is. Because after some time, a player stays with you for, let's say, the whole of the season. You feed this player. You do everything with a player. Like I'm saying, our league is an amateur league, as women's league. So you, you spend all the money on the player. And with a twinkle of an eye, 
some young man or woman on the on Facebook say I am the person's agent and they even call themselves managers again. The next second the girl is not coming to training and the girl is going to the GFA to ask for release to go abroad. But because we are also amateur, if a club in, internationally asks for a player, it, it is only out of courtesy that the GFA is supposed to talk to me as the owner of a club. But then GFA is supposed to release it because the young lady or the young man who is an amateur player is in no contract one way or the other. So GFA can release this player. So we as club owners suffer this whole conversation of agent, maybe I want to call it want of a better way, bad agents or people who are not even professional agents who are all over the place. And the more you try to make this more formalized, they pull away. And that's one of the biggest issues. And I think why a lot of clubs are not really collaborating well with agencies is because they've gone through this kind of bad deals where one person comes up all of a sudden after a player is rising and say, I am his agent, I'm her manager, I'm his manager. So if really we would have, we would, I would, I'll be glad if like from Galkas end to the PFAG's end, if they are able to get a proper way of also letting their professional players know that if you are uh-huh. under A, B, C, D, E, it's only fair that you speak to your club when you have these things happening around you. Because most of these players don't. And the next minute, they're out of the space. And there's so much hiccups and they forget that. Often than not, when players are about to retire, they come back to their mother clubs to play. We've had several of them. So when it's time for them to come to Ghana to retire, we see a lot of slacks on their side. And when they have to come, they have to only do the Sunday playing. But it's only nice that if I want to retire, if Chipster wanted to retire, and Chipster is going back to Kinfesa to play, a beautiful thing to see. But he may not be able to go if he did not leave Kinfesa well. And just on the impression that someone was taking him abroad. So I think players need to be trained, especially by their agents. agents. And also be able to be told the reality, to be cautious of the decisions they make. Because some people often do not even care about the players progress like he's saying in the career of the player. Mm-hmm. It's just about the money that they make out of this playing sports. Okay. In rounding up, I like Mr. Adam. Let, let me just add to what said and what on the other side, we the clubs, in terms of what Chipsa said, there is a challenge here where who really even defines who an agent is. Yes. Like if you hear the two speakers, Chipsa is talking from the angle of like a legalized and by what FIFA has done. There is no even platform for club owners to know that, okay, today John Pencil is an agent or Chipsa is an agent. And then you can have a basis to verify that I'm dealing with him. What we all face with him, which is a clear and present danger to club owners and everything is, a player comes to your club, you negotiate everything. Even he could go ahead to agree everything. The next moment is like, either my pastor or my spiritualist, call it whatever, they will name it as an agent. And then you said, we can't get a deal done. Because some even goes to the stand where they'll tell you, factor me into the remuneration. And what I understand as an agent, I understand to be corrected that the agent works, they, are, they work for the, they are, they, 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 the players. Yeah. But they, we have, they work for their client, but Basically, what happens is, in most cases, you realize that they become an impediment. One, 
for you getting the player. Two, the other basis too is this. Depending on, depending on what their interest is for them, and which is a normal trend now, they will force the player to just make it difficult for you to use his service. The ultimate is you have to terminate the contract. And then the player will go. She's talking about that much, but the professional one. They put it in the extent that by the FIFA law and then this thing, players are being protected a lot. When a club goes ahead to terminate, I mean, on one side, there is replication. I'm yet to see where the player goes ahead, frustrates you, and terminate it. But clubs are exposed. And then the next moment, they go outside and then they go and benefit because the agent will be influencing. It's more exposure when it's like six months to end their contract. Then you are back to like you're an amateur. Well, thank you very much, my distinguished panel, for having us today. We, we appreciate your insights and your thoughts. And we will now pave way for the next panel to continue this discussion. Thank you, Nicola. And you are staying for the next panel, so we'll hear from you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Nicola, you'll still be on the uh, online. Uh, yeah. For the second panel. Uh, it's been so interesting. Yeah. So, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll take the opportunity to invite the second uh, panel to just join us. But, Chimsa, yeah, it looks like you want to take a photo. Okay. So, we once again remind our audience that we are still live on our Sempa 94.7 FM. And if uh, this place was to be a hospital, maybe we still have World 2. There are other people in the other room who are also patronizing the show. So, uh, say hi wherever you are. Uh, if you are listening to us on 94.7 FM, this has been a very wonderful uh, program. The first session has just ended and uh, Yusuf Chipsa, they say the agents will become an impediment. I wanted to ask whether uh, <laughs> you were an impediment <laughs> when you were working with Kotoko. <laughs> okay, so let me take the opportunity to invite the second uh, panel. Uh, we have Frederick Bamboo Johnson Esquire. If Frederick is here, Frederick is going to be the moderator. And then Mr. Kwame Odro, uh, associate, uh, will also be here. And then uh, Mr. Sami Enim Ado, executive council member. Sami, if you are here. Former. Uh, okay, former executive council member. Hey, Maestro. Sami's former is important to you. <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Nicole will still be online. So let me hand over to you, Kwame. We are live on Asempa 94.7. Okay, so thank you so much and uh, good afternoon to all our listeners. And for those of us who are here, this is the second session. And basically, we are talking about the entitlement of clubs for onward player transfers, what local clubs must know. And my panelists here have been introduced already. I have uh, Mr. Kwame Ojo, who is an associate with the Robert Smith Law Group. He's also a sports expert. I also have here the ever-popular and well-known uh, Mr. Sami Enimado. He's an executive member, executive council member of the Ghana Football Association. Former. Okay, former executive council member of the Ghana Football Association. But I'm sure most of us know him with uh, the legendary Asamoajan. He is Asamoajan's... Uh, are you former manager or still manager? <laughs> 
And then you shall be having on the line uh, Mr. Nicola Jagerfeld Yurik, who will be joining us later with his uh, comments. To begin, I would come to uh, Mr. Kwame Odro, who will do a short presentation just to set the tone for us, after which uh, we'll go to um, Nicola and then the discussions will continue. Okay, so before the presentation comes in, I think we will just start with uh, Mr. Inimado. He is uh, a member of the, a former executive council member of the Ghana Football Association. And, uh, club owner. what? I'm a club owner. You're a club owner? Tell us about it. Yes. I own three clubs. He said now that he owns three clubs. Uh, if you can just walk us through that. I'm a, I'm a director of Berlin. Use the microphone so you can all. Yeah, I'm a director of Berlin. I'm the one who. Um, started Berry this before I handed over to Gifty. And then also, I'm still a shareholder of Berry Ladies. And I own a, a coast club. I started as a coast person for the past 20 years. And I've, I'm still running a coast club. And I own also Young Apostles, a Division 1 club. It looks like we couldn't have had a better expert for this uh, session of the program. But uh, so I'd ask you, because you are, you've practically actually managed a legend here in Ghana, you've seen him rise through the ranks through various clubs. We are talking about entitlements for clubs for onward player transfers. What's been the benefits that clubs that a player like Asamoajan was with in Ghana? What, what benefits have they gotten from the various transfers he's been on? For entitlements, I can tell you that's what has kept uh, clubs running till now. For a club like Young Apostles without and transferring the player and getting entitlements, I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't even get this dress to wear. Because at a point, I nearly sold my house and my land just because I was running the club. So if you don't get to transfer a player and earn solidarity or uh, training compensation or um, sell-on fee, I pity my colleagues who have not been able to transfer players. So you can see that those who have not been able to transfer players, maybe they are getting something from their supporters, uh, they are get, getting something from their fans who support them. And sometimes some also, even the sponsorship, the economy doesn't help you to get the kind of sponsorship you need. The sponsorship is like you're going back. The sponsorship we get in Ghana for the clubs, like we are going to back. We don't get sponsorship that we are entitled to, like a sponsorship that is paying your, 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 your even, I, I don't know if a club has gotten a sponsorship that can pay half a season bills for a club. So if you don't get entitlements, I call, so all the time I go back to Seblata and I hail him and forever I'll hail Seblata. He, he started this training compensation and solidarity and today all of us benefit. I remember the days when I was starting, I was doing calls, Mr. RSA Young. My boss is here, he knows when I was worrying him at Gaka with a lot of things, when he was the admin manager then, Mr. Kudufianu for with the coast clubs. Mr. RSA Young earned something for the transfer on Stephen Apia and he helped my TV tree a lot. Um Grace Cedaps also earned what um, on Master Majan and I, I can tell you all those in Grace Cedaps they 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 can't forget what Asamajan's transfer did to them. So without that we are done. But from your experience what's really the difficulty? Is it about uh, getting players transferred or that our local clubs are not even aware what the are not in the position to really benefit when these players are transferred. Unfortunately, most of the people running the game don't even know what they they, they want. 
Sorry. A lot of people are in the game. They don't even know why they are in the game. A lot of people see somebody transfer player. They also want to run a club. A lot of people see somebody manage a player. For somebody like me, a lot of people are managing players because of me. Don't, don't manage a player because you see Samir Madu managing a player. It's my calling. Is it your calling? If it's not your calling, don't. Because you can, you can feed players without feeding your kids. I, there, there are examples of a player getting something, getting, eating more than what my kids eat. I'll mention names. But, so if you, if you want to run a club and you don't know the, the nitty gritties of running a club and what will let you transfer a player. And then also, who is the player that you can transfer? The market is looking for some particular players and some particular um, talent, features, qualities. You don't just pick a player because they say he dribbles in the community, because they say he has scored, so you want to keep him and then transfer him. No. There's a lot that comes into before a player can get to that level where you can earn something. So it won't be difficult. And we don't have a school that is teaching you this. That's actually what I was coming to. Because if you say it's a calling, doesn't mean it has to be divine or there's anywhere anybody can go get to learn the basics. And if, if it's not your calling, you can learn. If you are ready to learn and have patience to learn, you get there. But a lot of people, ask yourself, how many people in Ghana are ready to learn? What are the avenues of learning? If, if you want to learn, you need to start first getting yourself associated with the club trying to know the understanding and the workings of how a club runs, now knowing what a player is, who a player is. And also, you need to know, learn from somebody who's done it. I learned from, so my mentor is Alagis Laitete. And I can say that I'm living that dream now. By the grace of God, I have boys in Europe who are doing well. And we, you all have witness to those of them who are playing. And also, I learned a lot by being the manager of Asamajan. I can tell you, I've benefited a lot because he, as a manager himself, is another special. I don't even know what to, what to call him. So I learned a lot from him too. So you can see I combined my, and then I started from course. Those who know me, I started from course. And even in course, I was also given the administrative role in the course level. So I learned the game itself from the course level. And in my time, I was. I now appointed the additional committee secretary of the Greater Accra Regional Football Association. Myself, Mr. R.S.A. Young, Mr. Kata, who is our chairman now. Um, who else? Mr. Kata, Mr. R.S.A. Young, Mr. H.H.D. Uh, Adika. And I've forgotten the last person. We, we adjudicated our cases and there was not a single appeal. A single appeal. There was not a single appeal. I remember one case uh, involving myself and Jawara Bibis. At that time, I was the secretary, and then Mr. Albert Komi. <laughs> he came in. <laughs> he was not happy, but they couldn't do an appeal. So you can see, we, I learned a lot. And I followed the legislator. I went to him to mentor me. You get it. And then also, I, I went to the division level. I went to, with Captain Andy Sam, second division. I learned. I went to Mediema. Mediema at that time. Even at that time, it was respect before Mediema. I learned under my boss, Mr. Mosisama, before I then came to Alaji Gustas Kimfisa. So you can see. So I didn't just get here. So if you, you want to do something, and you even, 
if you are not born it, if you are, you think you don't have that kind of passion I have. I was playing when I was a kid. I played, and to the extent I played in my community, they gave me names of all the goal scorers because I was scoring goals. Then I went to Okoye United at that twenty at that time, but I couldn't progress. But because I got myself educated, so another key thing you need to learn, you need to be educated. So that so I started into this, and then I ran my club. I was very young, but I started my club. So. The learning, the learning process has, you have the learning on the job, and then you get the education too. And then you combine it, and then you also get a mentor to guide you. But ask yourself, how many people have that patience? That's why I ask you, how many, look at the number of years. If you look at that time, 2000s, and now I'm here. So you won't get it easy. So those who want to come into the game without learning, and they just think you can run a club, you go to the district FE or RFE, or you go and buy a second division, a third division, and then you own players, and then you can transfer players and make money out of it. It's not like that. Well, I'm sure she'll be coming to speak to you some more, but uh, the presentation by Mr. Kwame is ready, so we're there to listen to him. But for those of you listening to us in the other hall and even on radio, you are allowed to send in your questions. If you have any questions later, we shall be taking them for our panelists who are here. So if Mr. Kwame presentation is ready, we'll go through that and then come back to have some more conversations. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'll be doing the presentation on the training compensation and solidarity payments. So under the FIFA rules of status and transfer players, there are two main, um, um, there are two main payments that may be due to local clubs, training reward, known as training rewards, when a club is transferred between clubs belonging to different associations. And these are payments. These payments are known as the either the training compensation or the solidarity contribution. Now, the goal is to compensate training clubs for their role in the training and education of young players. The training compensation is one of the payments that is classified as training rewards. Now, under the um, Article 20 of the RSTP. There are two situations where training compensation may be paid to a player's training club. The first one is when a player is registered for the time as a professional. And the second one is each time a professional is transferred until the end of the calendar year of his 23rd birthday. So the first situation is when a player is registered for the first time as a professional. The club where the player is registered is required to pay training compensation to every club with which the player has been registered before and which contributed to his training starting from calendar year of his 12th birthday. The second situation is where the club, the new club is only required to pay training compensation to the selling club for the time he was trained by that club. So you should know that the obligation to pay training compensation arises where that transfer takes place during or at the end of a player's contract. It must be paid within 30 days following the registration of a professional with a new association. Currently, however, I don't know why it is like that, but there is no training compensation in the women's football. I'll speak on the solidarity compensation. Under Article 21 of the regulation, if a professional is transferred before the expiry of his contract, any club that has contributed to the training and education of the professional shall receive a proportion of the compensation, that's the transfer fee paid to his former club. 
Now, the solidarity payments are proportionally distributed to all clubs that train the player between his 12th birthday and his 23rd birthdays. And it's depending on how long the player was at each club. Now, you should note that it must be noted that unlike training compensation, the solidarity contributions are only due if the professional is transferred before the expiry of his contract. Furthermore, the solidarity contributions are only due if a player transfers from a club affiliated with one association to another affiliated association. Now, the, calculation, the calculations are a bit um, complicated, but I'll run you through. So, in calculating training compensation due formal clubs, the first factor to consider is the training cost of the new club. The training costs of clubs are determined according to classification. So, FIFA has this classification that they've grouped them under. So, the, category, the categorizations by, set by FIFA for the year 20. 23 per circular number 1853 shows as, as follows. So you can find the various um, um, uh, confederations or associations and their categories. For instance, if you look at UEFA, there's a category one, there's the two, there's a three, and the four. Depending on where the club that you are transferring to, you, sh you will get the number or the payment of the compensation categorized under that particular club. So, for instance, player registered for the first time as a professional, the training compensation will be like the training of the new club multiplied by the number of years in training. So, for, for instance, for the first four seasons, from the season of a player's 12th birthday to the season of the 15th birthday, the training compensation shall be calculated as if the new club is a category 4. For example, if a player... Um, if he trained at a club in Ghana from season of his 12th birthday to the season of his 21st birthday before being transferred to a club in France, which is a category one club, the training comp compensation will be cal calculated as follows. So in this instance, you notice that even though the club that the player has been transferred to falls under maybe category four, um, category one, they'll use the four, first four years to determine, to, in determining the compensation, do you use the category four to determine, and then the following years you switch to where the category, the clubs falls under the category. So, um, in conclusion, I'll, I'll stand here and then we'll have um, questions based on these. Okay. Nicola? So, if no, is Nicola online? Um, he's. Uh also a part of this uh, session. So I don't know if there are a few comments that Nicola will share with us before we come to you for some questions. So whilst Nicola gets ready to join us, um, you know, whilst uh, Kwame was going through the calculations, I was trying to do something to check how much has been coming to Inimadu and all the clubs that Asamuajan uh, played for. But Kwame, you kept mentioning professional player. Now, any time we are listening to the sports presenters like Prof. Wallace and Co., whenever a Black Stars call-up comes and there are local players and the foreign-based players, also there are 10 professional players and two local players. Are we, are we the uneducated ones? Does it mean that if you play locally, you are not a professional player? 
so that is not what it is. Um, local players can also be categorized as um, professional players. Um, so under the regulation, a professional player is someone who has been um, has entered into a valid agreement with a club, and usually the remuneration will determine whether or not, and the validity of the contract will determine whether or not a player is a professional player. So usually. Professional players might be found around the ages of 16, 17, thereabouts. So we have professional players and then amateur players determined. However, we should note that even when you are signed up um, and you do later not have any club, you can also go and re-register as an amateur player. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that once the person is a local player, it means that he's, he's not a professional player, no. Okay. Can I, can I give you that? Uh, or you want to no, go okay, on? The Samajan thing you mentioned, I need to um, make it clear. Samajan has brought in too much money. Per your calculation, <laughs> you can do it. I'll give you the figures. He brought in a lot of money to Ghana, even on the training compensation and then later the solidarity. Samajan was transferred to Odinese. Then from Odinese, he moved to uh, Stade Rene. It was how much? Wallace, you can give me the exact figure. It was around seven million or something, and then he moved to um, uh, from Sarwene. He moved to Sunderland, ten point something million. From Sunderland to Alain, another about twelve million pounds, and then from Alain to um, Shanghai SIPG, um, and nine million. I was there. You know, Shanghai SIPG Alain don't normally transfer players; they buy. And then they pay you, and you, you play, and you enjoy. But in this case, Alain bought, and they sold. As a margin to uh, Shanghai SIPG, his biggest deal. And then they earned 9 million, pound, um, 9 million euro. And then he moved from Shanghai SIPG to, to um, Ali on loan. And remember, when you move from a country to a country, there's always solidarity. And then... From um, from um, 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 Ali, he now became a free player, and then he moved to uh, um, um, Turkey, Kayserispor, and then before he moved to India before Legon City. So if you look at the transfer, uh, Wallace and Co should get us that figure and see how much money came into Ghana's economy. And this also comes to where somebody was telling our, our minister Rep that if we invest. If we invest in the game, and we, we, I remember my boss, there was some fora that they can even tell us that okay, well, you whatever you get, we take this particular percentage. All of us will agree. I don't think any club will say that you don't want it because you see, we what we are doing here. Luckily for me, I am a club, I am a manager, and I'm, I've been in the media more, and so I know both sides, uh, and I've also been with a player and understand how a player thinks, and not just any player than the legendary. The greatest, the goat, the king of Ghana football. Now he's still the king. Opa, Faupa, Menfa, he's the king. If you can score six goals at the World Cup, come and tell me you are the king. He's still the king. So if if we can get players like him to bring in that, this money, and then they themselves invested, look, you can see how much money has come into Ghana's economy. So you saying it, it, it didn't come to me direct, but I also benefited. I know some of the deals, I got something. You look it. You, you, you get it. You get it. So, so, and now I'm also, I'm also trying to bring in more. Now I have Emmanuel Yeboah, 99 ideas. 
who has also moved. So I'm praying that he can keep moving. Um, Matthew also went to Dundee. People asked me, how did I, was I, and I remember Bobby asking me, how did I move Matthew Kujo from Ghana to UK? That would be another topic. From Ghana to UK. If you know how it goes to sign in UK. And then uh, we have Raymond Asante from uh, Young Apostles to um, uh, Udinese. And this is straight. And Raymond had not even played for any national team. And then Emmanuel Mensah and Co. So you can see that if we do it well, we will really help this economy. So Asamoajan alone, the money he's brought into Ghana's economy to the club, great sit-ups. And then also to the Ghanaian economy with his investment. It tells you a lot. Well, we're coming to understand what the ecosystem in Ghana generally is now and probably what the GFA can do, as you mentioned earlier, to support. But uh, This one is the state. Is the state. Okay. Basel and all those places, the example is there. If you want to, my, my boss will maybe speak about it. The, the, the countries, the, the state is investing. Even just Nigeria and Benin here. Just Nigeria and Benin here. But here, the state will come, and even sometimes the national team, we have to go and beg the state. Our kids, we beg the state, we pay taxes on the national team. Just say, you see these things, and we keep doing it, and we say it, and then it will be there. I just saw that Parliament has granted a lot of uh, tax uh, waivers to some companies, but they didn't grant all the letters, even including FIFA, FIFA project money balls. We pay taxes, so you see, if you look at this, uh, some of us is only by divine. That's why I'm saying we are magicians. If you are not lucky to transfer, if you are not lucky. I pity some of my colleagues who are into the game. If you don't transfer, my brother, if you don't take care, you sell your property. And by transfer, you don't mean local transfer. Yeah. But let's talk to Nikolai, who is uh, ready with, with us, and uh, he'll just make a presentation. So, Nikolai, can you hear me? Hello, Nikolai. Hello, Nikolai. Nikolai is the CEO of the Scandinavian Sports Management. Very experienced. Okay, he cannot hear, but um, so if we'll continue, I'll just, uh, I was asking earlier about the current situation we have in Ghana. I, I believe that there are several people out there who have questions they want to ask him out because obviously you have been through the ranks, you have been an agent, you've been a manager, you've been a player yourself, like you said. So maybe I'll just open the floor. I don't want to be the one asking all the questions. I uh, just uh, show by and as short as possible, and uh, Bobby would do the first. Yes, I, I have a question for the panelists, especially Mr. Enimado. The FIFA compensation, do you think there are clubs who are entitled to some compensations that they have not gone to claim? A lot. And is it something that the FA um, or GACA um, is taking steps to encourage the clubs to go and chase those funds? Okay, so that comes back to don't just enter into the game. So you don't know, but you've entered in. And then also, when you enter into, you don't go to the right. If you go to Gaka with your kids, they will help you. Even if you go to the FA and you present your case, they will help you reclaim your money. Sometimes, I remember sometimes FIFA then decides to pay it back to the FA to use it. Yes, 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 yes. There's a lot. Some clubs... Some <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> I remember a case study with an official. Eh? So, some clubs also 
they do something so they are not able to go. I won't say it. So you see the the thing is that's what I'm saying. If this game is not just seeing that somebody is running a club and I have money, so I'm going to do it. And that is our problem now. And somebody has transferred a player. And what Matisse was told the player, Miss Maybe. And that is the problem. Because you don't have the know. Look at him. Like I said, look at he's here. I was going to his office those days when he was, a, he was an admin manager, going to worry him, ask him questions. Not today, early 2000s. And look at me now. So you can see I've learned a lot. John came into the game. He now has a club. He calls me. He asks me, Brah, Minyawi, Minyawi. Ask yourself how many people. They won't even call you, they will come and compete you. You see, and we have a lot of people who say they are managers. They know nothing about the game. All they know is that they have money to buy boot and ball. So he's a manager, and it is what is killing the. And then it's killing talents. And some family members who also turn themselves into managers. Some uh, media men to way, way, way. So you see, so the problem is big. And unfortunately, those who can help, they tend to hate them jealous them so they won't even go to them to seek proper advice even if they want to contact them it becomes it becomes like the is it's a fight and some of the players are also losing we are losing a lot of talent because the talent is there but it's not only your talent that will take you there so uh, my boss wants to speak so i'll let i'll let him speak well, if one could you can come to just to put in context uh, the john that uh mr Dimado mentioned is john pintel uh yes, black yes, stars yes. Ex-Black Stars player, he's here with us, and um, it's good to know you're consulting him. Thanks so much for being here with us. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, just a quick one. Well, my name has been mentioned over and over again, so I just have to. Uh, yes, uh, in player transfers, you need to be sharp. I want to use a, state, uh, a case study. I had a player like Wakasu, who rose through the academy of Ash Gold. He played professionally for three years. I renewed his contract. And for some reasons, Wakasu wouldn't renew his contract again. I called him to my office. He would look at the green form. Oh, chief, I'll come back. Only to be told that the boy had gone to Kumasi. He had a right to do that because it was left with less than six months for the contract to expire. So he could sign a pre-contract. So he's gone to Kumasi. To negotiate for a local transfer from Ashanti Gold to Asante Kotoko. And he was going as a free agent. So all the investment for the academy level was going to be eroded. Then, luckily for me, an agent came in, wanted uh, Opari to be taken to Spain. So I begged the agent, look, I want to do conditional sales. I'll give you Pari if you add up Wakaso. Even if, if, if it's for free, you just add him to the deal. At the end of the day, we agreed on a peanut, 25,000 euros. And he left. If I tell you the amount of money we got, even though I did not even chase the 25,000. The guy wasn't willing to pay. But I said, okay, you take him. Look at the number of times Wakasu moved. I'll be there, and then I'll hear Wakasu have moved. I'll put in a claim. And because he played for the academy, that's why the money was between 12 and 15 years. 
you'll be there, 90,000 euro, 70,000 euro. So as club men, we need to hit the nail when it's hot. You wait, you wait until you are left about three months and the player says, I'm sorry, I want to go through my contract till the end. You don't have to sit down for those things to happen. When you are about to get to the sixth month, gentleman can put some nice contract before him and for him to sign. And as he's saying, don't wait, just that, don't just enter into football because you heard that somebody has sold a player for 200,000 euros. Do you know how much went in before getting the 200,000? Football, you must accept, is a bottomless pit. You keep on putting the money in there and until you know the rudiments of the game, as he said, you will sell your properties and that is it. So, we need to know what we are about and then get it at the right time. So, as clubs, we need to be smart, making sure that we do it at the right time. So, I just want to tell uh, members here, or the people here, that it is a gold mine, as said by our speaker. But, are we doing it legally, or we are doing galamse? If you are doing galamse, you will get galamse results. And if you are caught, you will be put before uh, the law court. So if you want to do it and do it genuinely, you, you have a lot to benefit from. On, on, on that example, okay. remember Mati Kujuanim. It's just recently. When I took him to Kopoko, like, remember Chief Sa was saying that the age and the club. But I saw the heart in that boy at that age. And I think I've set a record. Proper 16-year-old played for Asante. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 